It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy, with your hosts, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as drink mixes, stories from our teen years, and Pride Month. about to get wrecked oh i'm getting wrecked right now with my martini i'm uh i'm swimming <laughs> no Jeez. what's the uh okay what's the amount like what what's the do you put more liquor in than you do the non-liquor soda or not soda liquid or what, what do you do uh well um, of vodka martinis all booze it's um that's it eh yeah f- for this one i made it light one shot of vodka half a shot of vermouth uh, my old school vodka martinis, which I used to drink every night, was two shots of vodka, one and a half shots vermouth. And after one of those, I'd be, yeah, I was, I'd be deep in my, my cups. So, <laughs> so this is a more light uh, drink. No, that's fair. Okay, maybe this is going a little too far. What's the hardest drink you've ever seen anybody ever have, if that makes sense? Uh, I don't know. Those vodka martinis were pretty pretty deadly uh, i have seen someone drink oh i can't remember the name of it but it involved absinthe an absinthe oh boy oh boy it was some sort of green drink i, yeah. I can't remember what it was called yeah it was going to be upwards between 70 percent and 90 percent yeah i think they had some sort of lime mix mixer in it. i can't remember what it was but i remember them drinking it and, and me being like oh that smells terrible it smells just gross like, maybe they had some sort of syrupy thing in it or something like that. But I was like, ah, oh, no, I don't want that. But, <laughs> but no, that's, I think my vodka martinis are some of the, the strongest drinks that I've been around. And, uh, boy, I used to love those things. But i got to try to pull back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I would ask that you should. But uh, what is between, I don't know how much it would be much, but, like, how much is orange juice... Or not what orange? How much? Uh, what is a drink with orange juice and vodka called? I think it has many names. I think that's with any vodka, really. Oh. Vodka mixture drink that has many, many names. Orange juice and vodka. Um, there's something coming around my mind with like sun involved, but I've never had that mix. I don't think. Okay. I get mimosas a lot, which is uh, champagne and, and orange juice, but yeah, it's, it's completely different. Yeah, sunrise maybe. Let me see. Vodka and orange juice. Hmm. I wonder if that'd be good. I don't drink a lot of orange juice. I don't know if you have any in your fridge. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, tequila and, and orange juice. That's a vodka... Or tequila sunrise. Hmm. Okay. Vodka and orange juice. Well, screwdriver. That's right. Screwdriver. Okay, yeah. It's it's either screwdriver or, as I've heard it, 
from somebody screwed orange juice, which is probably the same thing. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe I should try that sometime. Hmm. I mean, that's with any concoction. That's kind of what I meant to mention earlier because I didn't know what uh, vodka martini had in it. It shows you how knowledgeable I am with um, hmm. with mixology. I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah, it sounds right. It's not liquor algae, but um. Anyways, yeah, there's thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, listen, mixology has been in the works for, you know, since humans realized fermented li liquids uh, <laughs> could do stuff to yourself and it was a pleasure to have. And then they started combining it with others, other drinks, um, to get, you know, different tastes from them. So, obviously, many things have different names through different cultures. Um, some have been lost. Think of all the recipes that have been lost to the times, eh? Yeah, just because you're saying this, I'm going to quickly run into the other room and grab my uh, deck of bicycle cards, which is uh, 52 cards with all different drinks on them. Maybe we can go through it. I hear this. Let's do this. Yeah, what's this one called? Cocktail Party. Because yeah, I used to collect bicycle cards, so I have a whole bunch of different ones. And I picked this one up because I was like, hey, what, this is fun. Be an excuse to uh, try a whole bunch of drinks. But I've never gone through it, so <laughs> kind of a waste. But how many of those bicycle decks do you have? Um, I probably have like twenty-five, maybe more. Um, I can keep them kind of hidden in my uh, my DVD shelves the way they're set up. I'm not sure exactly how many, but but I got a ton and a bunch of random other cards. Like I I think I showed you my uh, Ghibli card sets. You did. I've forgotten about them, but I do remember you at least. Uh, us interacting with them at one point. Yeah, those are super pretty. It's uh, Totoro and then Castle in the Sky. I love those ones. You don't have any tarot cards, do you? No, I no, I don't. Uh, I'm sorry to say I don't believe in that stuff, but... I just mean as like a collector's <laughs> type of item. Like, there's... I would love to grab a, uh, a Dishonored tarot card deck since that was a hmm. big... That was, that, that, that was a thing that was something that was offered in one of the pre-orders of uh, the games. It's like, I want to try to find one of those, because hmm. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's something I would like to see, but anyways. Oh, this is funny. Here we go. A Queen of Hearts screwdriver. There you go. <laughs> one and a half ounces vodka, four and a half ounces orange juice, one teaspoon of lemon juice. <laughs> oh, okay. So the one that the guy was making, I was telling you about, he only just <laughs> put in a a lot of so I think he did orange juice first and then a lot of vodka just straight up that stuff. There you go. <laughs> uh, nothing else to that, but hey, that's pretty. Yeah, as as you're playing cards, you would then um, you play cards and you you start to reveal like what uh, kind of drinks you could have. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, yeah, I thought these were pretty cool and, and they look pretty too. The the back of them, nice set of cards. Bicycle always does. They really go all out with their cards. Some really beautiful stuff. Um, let's do the obvious one. The Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades. Let me quickly find that one. Which, by the way, I've just recently gotten back into watching poker. Oh. Man, that could be so thrilling. <laughs> I, people, some people, like, I consider a sport, if, if esports is a thing, then it's a mental sport. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it is a fantastic game and if if you understand the game you, you get it but it's you know got like kenny rogers said you got you got to know when to gamble that's that's all i'm gonna say oh well, the ace of spades was manhattan 
The ingredients are two ounces rye or bourbon, half an ounce of sweet vermouth, and then a dash of bitters. Interesting. I don't think I've ever had a Manhattan. Interesting. Um, yeah, that'd be funny if, like, each time you lost, whatever's... Who's ever had... Or the, the hand that you lost with, you have to do, like, a shot or a sip from each of the cards you lost uh, in, your, in your hand. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, if you lost with the... Say you're playing... Hmm. What's a what's a good two card game? Uh, I feel like there's this maybe a two card stud maybe. Hmm. Okay. Or draw. Well, say you're playing. Say you're playing because I'm thinking like Texas Hold'em, the, the most obvious one. But yeah. if it was Texas Hold'em, you'd have to lose with five cards. <laughs> so maybe okay. So here's the honor system. So you're playing Texas Hold'em, and you have you have two cards. Uh, the first two cards that you have uh, starting with. Those are the ones you would have to do. So say you had in your hand a three of clubs and a two of diamonds. What would those ones be, for instance? You have to take a shot of those. Let me see. You said three of clubs. Three of clubs and two of diamonds. Okay, let me see. Uh, <laughs> these are a lot of cards. Oh, there we go. Right beside each other. That's great. So two of diamonds is a Bellini. A Bellini. Sparkling wine or champagne... Two ounces peach nectar, half an ounce of lemon. That's a lot. That's a lot of lemon juice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's something I'll say. A dash of grenadine. Huh. And then for the three of clubs, San Martin. Or what's that? A San Martin. San Martin. Oh, San Martin. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's written in kind of, uh, kind of uh, like cursive writing, which sometimes I struggle to read. Oh, okay. These days. So what's that one got in it? It's got one and a half ounces of gin, one and a half ounces of sweet vermouth. And then half an ounce yellow cart cartes cartus. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe that's like a liqueur or something. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Oh, but uh, besides the drinks, I was gonna ask. <laughs> uh, have you been playing any uh, video games lately? I, I have not, but I just on drinks again. I I I, I gotta ask this uh, sure. for <laughs> Royal Flush, like. Whoever, okay, so say somebody has a royal flush uh, in their game, mm -hmm. or in their game, yeah, yeah, in, in during their their poker match, everybody has to drink the royal flush. What's the royal flush, my friend? Okay, let's see here. So I'm gonna go with clubs. Yeah. Got an ace here. Yep. Where's the rest of these guys? Okay, there we go. Ten of clubs. Pink lady. Two ounces of gin. One ounce apple brandy. Two ounces lemon juice, one raw egg white. Ugh. Whoa! <laughs> Holy smoke, man! And then uh, fourth ounce grenadine. Yeah, the raw eggs. I don't know. I've I've never had a drink with those in them, but I've heard people say that it really adds to the texture. That's something else, man. Like some people can stomach that, others can't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the alcohol would make the texture, like consistency, different too. Ooh, here we go. Here's a good one for the king, the white Russian. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, one and a half ounces vodka, three-fourth ounce coffee liqueur, and then three-fourth ounce cream. My goodness. Yeah, I usually go with the black Russians, which omit the cream, just because I have a bit of uh, uh, intolerance, lactose intolerance. But I did used to drink a lot of white Russians back in the day before I had that. I remember... Man alive. I used to, Whenever I'd go out to bars, that's what I would drink, the white Russians, until I couldn't. Those are standard? Yeah, that was my standard. Yeah, wow, okay. For a long time. Now I go with uh, Moscow Mules, usually. 
stabbed me. Moscow mules. What are those? Mm, let me see if I can find one. I'm pretty sure they have, they have ginger ale in them. Moscow mules. Oh, of course. It's funny. I just saw it a little while ago when I was flipping through here. Ooh, dark and stormy. Nice. Dark and stormy. Amsterdam, Singapore sling. <laughs> uh, where is that Moscow mule? And what card is it? That's the other thing I need to know. Yeah, that's what I'm curious too. I wonder if I wonder if like each of the the way they determine the the car the um the liquor itself is based on like how low the like the percentage of the liquor is is determined by how low the card is. So like if you have a two of spades, for instance, it would be much different than the two uh, ace of spades. I gotta I gotta say this. This is just this is just embarrassing for me. <laughs> so I'm holding the cards facing me, mm -hmm. and I started at the very bottom. And of course, the Moscow Mule happens to be the second card from the top. Oh man! If only I would have just started from the top. <laughs> but it's the, it's a, a Jack of Hearts, Moscow Mule, two ounces vodka, one wedge of lemon, then iced ginger beer, and they always serve it in a metal cup. These cool little metal cups. Ooh, those Moscow Mules are so good. And there's usually a little dash of uh, mint in there too, a little mint leaf. Ah, that certainly makes it a little more fresher, eh? Yeah, those things are great. But, um, sorry, what were, you, what were you asking again? Uh, well, I was just asking what the, uh, oh yeah, I asked whether, uh, the, the number of, the, the number determines the alcohol level. Oh, um, it doesn't seem to, but I guess I'd have to go through them all to <laughs> kind of rate them against each other. No, that's fair. But I think I missed two. Yeah, here we go. So for the Jack, oh, I did these out of order. <laughs> the Jack of Spades is a champagne cocktail. Stir sugar and bitters in a pre-chilled champagne glass. Add champagne. Twist lemon peel over and drop into a glass. Wow, there's not much to that. <laughs> In terms of a cocktail. Yeah. That sounds basic, eh? Like, really just really, really basic. Anyway, um, yeah, that's... <laughs> I guess that's for cheapskakes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I guess the bitters maybe adds a kind of different kind of uh, pop to the champagne. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then the last one, the Ace of Ace of Spades. How do you? I can't. I don't know how to say this. Sometimes I struggle to read cursive these days. I think I just haven't had much experience since I'm like since my very early school days. Well, let's put it this way. That's when I was homeschooled. Here, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, when I was homeschooled, my parents just didn't bother with that at all. So for it just, I haven't really had much experience since like, I don't know, like fourth grade or something like that. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, you could even like point that to at least, I don't know, kids nowadays, but us, at least in our generation, our millennials, kind of also, unless you're like a writer or an engineer or other career that involves writing yeah you um you really cursive and your arithmetic has kind of gone down well, like gone downhill but may not be as important as it was once say eh? oh definitely but it says a uh, harpoon i realized i looked at a little bit a little bit harsher or a little harder and it the ingredients are one and a half ounces vodka a half ounce orange liqueur uh, one fourth ounce lime juice, dash of cranberry juice, and a slice of lime. Wow, that sounds that sounds really good. I gotta 
I gotta add that to my list of ones to check out. I'm a big fan of cranberry juice, so <laughs> especially mixed with booze. Oh man, come on, cranberry juice is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely uh, harpoon. Gotta add that to the list of drinks to try. What did I used to combine cranberry? Oh yeah, my go-to with cranberry juice is always like taking. What is it? Just like a seven seven up or any like sparkling uh, juice. And then adding it to cranberry juice. I guess that's just with anything, really. Oh, this is cool. I didn't realize this. Uh, you know the little extra cards that you get? Usually useless. Yep. Oh, yes, the Joker. The Joker, yes. I forgot about the Joker. Yeah, there's those two, and then they usually throw in two other ones that are, like, promotional cards. Yep. But instead of wasting space with that, they gave us a, a, a bar stock list, which gives you all the ingredients that you need for all the drinks in this, this deck. Including all the uh, mixes, sodas, and, and other, like the peaches or or peach nectar, that kind of stuff. Oh, so that's super cool. So you list everything you need to pick up in order to play along with them. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty cool. That's uh, helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good buy. I was really happy with that deck. I don't know what you would substitute with all that, by the way. Like, I don't know what you would... Like, if you didn't want it, if you couldn't drink... I don't know what you would choose instead. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you didn't drink, it probably wouldn't help that much. <laughs> yeah, how do you substitute all the stuff? Like just a bunch of ginger ale and virgin beers. <laughs> oh golly. Well, now they have. Uh, I've noticed this at my local Safeway. They have the non-alcoholic spirits, which I've not tried. I'm I'm nervous to try. I I drink a lot of non-alcoholic beer just in my everyday life, um, but I've avoided the non-alcoholic wine because I've had some negative experiences with that over the past years, but I've heard it's improved now. But non-alcoholic spirits, I just can't imagine what that would be like. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, no, I can't, and I also... Um, do you think one day we'll be like the States and you'll be able to buy liquor in convenience stores? I don't know. I mean, I, I hope so. It seems weird. It seems a strange restriction. And I've never fully under... I guess that the only reason for it is just for... I don't know. Actually, I don't know why they do it. Because you can buy wine in most grocery stores here now. Yep. You could have bought them in, like, Sabon for a long time. Now you can buy them in Superstore. And you can buy coolers. Um, but yeah, no beer or no spirits. It's weird. I don't get what the what the rationale is behind the, the restrictions. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even tell you if it's a provincial thing or a federal thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely... And what's weird, and I've mentioned this, I think, a couple times, maybe maybe once or twice in the podcast, but I used to date this girl who lived out in Mission, this, this really small, kind of shitty little town, uh, tucked away in the middle of nowhere, kind of, in, in, in BC here. And there was this one gas station right by her house, which was way out in the middle of nowhere, like maybe 20 minutes even from the town. In that gas station, they just sold booze there. Like, they didn't give a fuck. They sold guns there, too. And I was like, I don't like. I don't think you're allowed to just sell alcohol at your gas station. But, but they did it. <laughs> so I was always like, I wonder how they get away with it out there. It's just maybe no one cares. <laughs> maybe they pay off the police. Leave them alone. <laughs> you know, maybe there's some liberties. I, I, I don't even know. Like yes. Is it what? Okay, here. Okay, was it an an indigenous owned 
uh, uh, convenience store, or just a regular old like non like on non-indigenous land. No, it wasn't. Yeah, not on Disney's land, and it was just like you know, like like East Indian folks. Oh, okay. it's the Indian, but in that context, it might get taken wrong. So. Yeah, well, yeah, no, because we have plenty of Indians here, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's why I say indigenous. I, I, I guess people still yeah. say that. So, yeah, they do. <laughs> and again, back when I was a teenager and used to buy cigarettes, it was only the places that were run by by Indians who didn't care. I mean, they wouldn't check my ID. You go anywhere else, they would check ID. But if it was kind of a small shop run by, I should say, again, East Indian folks, they didn't check ID. They were just like, yeah, take the cigarettes, whatever. Very, <laughs> uh, very liberal with that. Yeah, maybe it's just different because a lot of them are immigrant immigrants. Maybe it's just different back home. And I'm sure it's changed now because the laws became a lot more strict. So. I'm sure they're forced to kind of confine now, but back in the day, yeah, much more more loose with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the, yeah, that's true. They helped me out. It was always awkward asking people to buy cigarettes for you or booze as a teenager. Yeah, if you're if you're up for not up for it, but if you if you don't mind me asking, because again, this is a personal thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, like what kind of what, what was your kind of brand? What was the were you brand loyal to certain people, or was it just a or a certain company, or is it just you know how much money you had? Oh, for cigarettes? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't so much brand loyal. Um, I would always just be like, uh, can you get me... If, unless I didn't have much money and I was just buying like the cheap crap like Indian Classics. I would be just like any kind of Belmont, or not Belmont, any kind of menthols. Just be like, get me some menthols, I'm fine with whatever it is. Keep the change, because I always give them a 20. And I'd be like, yeah, keep whatever, just get me a menthol cigarette. <laughs> So that was my my way to go. <laughs> Not a very exciting story, I know. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. Do you ever buy those cigarettes? Uh, not cigarettes. Sorry, the cigars. Um, I guess. Oh it's, yeah. The, the ones with the little like weird pipe on them. Not not well. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know how I like to describe it, but like it's got a little almost like reed in a way. Yeah, like the little white filter bit on the end. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, like the the cheap like cigarellos, like flavored cigarellos would sometimes have that. And of course, they ban those here now. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I never cared for those. Wait, they banned them? What the hey? Yeah, they ban they banned anything flavored. Oh wow. Okay. That's why they got rid of menthols too. They banned those because of uh, they were like, oh, flavored stuff it attracts the youth to smoke, so we got to ban it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think that young people. I think young people are just smoking regular cigarettes. I don't think they're, you know, purposely seeking out flavored stuff. It seemed like a weird, uh, a weird move on the government's part. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, at least at least we get into about uh, what is it? At least we get into about vaping and vaping juice and how that's all uh, sold here. Is that that's a whole other story. Yeah, and it was funny. I was talking to Eric a little while ago about that, and he said they banned those where he is flavored vape juices. Really, really. And I was like, oh wow, they're probably gonna come for that here too eventually, but haven't got there yet. Yeah, it's weird the things they decide to ban. Just decide we're gonna be we're, as the government. We want to be your parent and tell you what you're allowed to have. We don't think you should have this because you like it. It's like okay, but you're fine with me having the non-flavored one. So what's the punishment here? If you like it, 
uh, we're gonna take it away so you have to have the one that you like less it just seems like a weird a weird over parental stance that doesn't really seem like that's the government's job to be like that like, you don't see them doing that with other things like booze they're not like oh uh, people like flavored alcohol we're gonna ban it you just have to have the straight stuff isn't all alcohol flavored though uh, I mean, people say vodka has no flavor. I don't necessarily agree. It tastes like potatoes. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but it's just it's just weird. I don't I don't get it why the government it does moves like that. It just seems like we can't outright ban cigarettes. So what can we do around the fringes just so we can look like we're doing something? So oh, let's get away. Let's take away the flavored stuff. That's that's a move that's going to make a big difference, right? Not yeah. at all. <laughs> of course. Um, is it all in Texas, by the way, or is it just like in San Antonio where he is? I'm not sure. But we were recording with someone else who lived in Boston, and he said that the same thing happened to him, that they banned all that flavored stuff there as well. Fascinating. Yeah. You know what's funny is I had this thought the other day of like, you know, what if, just hear me out, what if Coke decided cocaine back in the product <laughs> and they spell it spell it sell it as a special drink was the cocaine really in it before i thought that was just like an urban myth i let's just go with it was real all right let's <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna say it, it was i'm not gonna say it wasn't i'm just saying like hey let's let's just pretend it was hey i'd be i'd be picking it up you know what i mean uh no i'm just <laughs> whether it was or not it wasn't i don't even know if it was cocaine it's not the same as what do you call it? It's 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 certainly not the same uh, cocaine as it was nowadays, or it was in the '60s or '70s. Like mm. it was a completely different drug by that point, or solution, excuse me, than it was um, now we have nowadays, which is all like you know synthetic and just disgusting, as Breaking Bad discussed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's yeah, I guess it happens to all the drugs over time. I remember like five years ago or so, people were talking about, oh, weed these days, like it's like super weed. Uh, back in the day, if you tried weed, it's nothing like that anymore. Your your kids are smoking super weed and they're all pumping all this like uh, fear mongering about it. <laughs> so it sounds like it's more um, engineered than it is nowadays. Uh, uh, in, in what way do you mean? Are you saying like the super, the super weed is engineered or uh it's yeah okay like they just um they made like more potent strains that kind of thing okay so it's not as uh it's not as it's not as natural there it is yeah that's what it is uh it's still natural it's just um because of course it's manipulation you know what, what strains produce the stronger kind of stuff so they yeah. just kind of selective breeding oh great so it's <laughs> it's natural selection in a way and well, unnatural. But. Unnatural selection, and really, it's you know we're 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 going. Uh, what is it? We're we're doing selective breed. Yeah, you said it. Selective selective breeding, and um, superhuman experiments, basically on weed. Yeah, and again, they do with almost all agriculture and and livestock, really. So it's kind of a natural progression, especially now that in so many places it's been legal, and so kind of legitimate. Um, organizations can kind of build on their previous work because before back in the day when people were just like you know <laughs> growing it in like their backyard or out in a field somewhere they couldn't necessarily keep such detailed kind of uh, tracks of what they're producing so 
but hey, I haven't I haven't noticed that much difference, and I've been smoking weed for I don't know like 15 years now, 16, 17 years maybe. <laughs> I think I think 13 or 14 would have been the first time for me. So how many years is that? 15 years, yeah. Time sure flies. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly it's. I mean, it's. Do you really think that if one doesn't start at 25, they'd probably be okay? Or do you think your brain is... I I doubt that, but, like, do you think your brain has been affected by the weeds since, like, you started at a young age? Um, it's, it's difficult for me to say. I don't know. And... I mean, how many how many years have pe- have people been starting, you know, smoking that stuff when they're young? Yeah. And I don't know, but I'm sure they've done tests and things to be like, okay, here's the discernible difference, but I don't know. I don't I can't say for myself, but yeah, I don't want to just like be that Karen or Chad who just immediately is like, "Oh yeah, it's bad. It's lately you know, weeds of gateway drug or, you know, you shouldn't start it at the age of whenever. You should wait your wait for your brain to fully develop." I mean, that would just, you know, put me at, put me as a hypocrite or at least a, the man, as they'd say. And last thing I want to be is the man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, they say, you know, you should wait till your brain's fully developed. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could almost say that with like, okay, this is going to be really, really, very much like probably me being the most political or offensive ever but it's that idea of like potentially if somebody's trying to realize themselves and find their identity and discover I mean I think everybody is always looking at their identity and it's always not like in a it's a constitutive flux It's, it's like a it'll be dynamic at some point but uh, it's never static. My my point is is that if you're discovering your gender or sexuality, mm. I don't think it's absolute until you're maybe 25. Does that make sense, or am I a little too suggestive and incorrect on that? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the gender science stuff, I think it's been so politicized that maybe scientists are scared to really give any sort of definitives on it. But I'm sure they have some sort of definitive in their heads, but again, I don't know how much it actually tracks with reality, some of that stuff. I just don't know. Of course, of course. I don't want to... I, I, I certainly don't want to assume that with every single person, but it is... I, I do wonder that, like, if they, they discover their... Oh, no, it just, it just, I guess it just depends on the person. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this, too. Um... Because, you know, so, I, so often I see people bringing up things like, um, like, oh, these liberal parents, they push their kids and confuse them into thinking that they're trans and taking, like, puberty blockers in one way or another, you know, so it can, like, kind of mute their natural uh, progression of puberty, depending on what their sex was at birth. And they're like, oh, that's such, like, a harmful thing. But as far as me looking into it, I haven't... I, It seems like the puberty blockers actually isn't harmful in and if they decide eventually like oh i just i you know i want to go this way instead they can just kind of take those off and then they'll just have natural puberty it'll just come like later in life so so i don't know i don't know how harmful it is for people at a younger age to be thinking about that stuff i don't know if it's really 
that damaging at all. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's weird. It's not absolute. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I like it ever can be absolute. I think everybody's yeah. always rediscovering themselves and that's really true. Realizing that their gender might not just be as well, certainly not binary. That's for sure. But it's not always just in the in the same flux all the time potentially. But who am I to say? I don't want to tell that to anybody. I'm just it was just a it was just a thing I was wondering of that you know kind of what what you what you find interesting at 16 may change at uh, when you're 24 if that's what if if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you, or just what you feel. I mean, when I was a teenager. Um, I felt like I was, like, in a well that I'd never get out of. Like, I was depressed always. I'd never imagined that I would be able to just live like a normal person. And I was, like, I felt like I always needed to be, like, either drinking or, or like, doing drugs to feel like I was, like, like a, a person who could function normally. Which seems like it'd be counterintuitive to think. It was, like, that's what made me feel like I could be, like, myself. And now, as a like a grown adult like it's it's strange for myself in that headspace because i don't feel anything like that anymore when you're a teenager i just i guess you just process emotions differently so as you get older it changes so it's um, yeah maybe in some ways maybe you shouldn't you know be too declarative or or maybe you should take less risks as a teenager with like drugs and stuff like that because you never know what if it could fuck you up for good but but i didn't have super negative experiences so just gonna help me get through those those weird years. Yeah, fair enough. That's yeah. Yeah, what were you? What were you like as a teenager? Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, if we're being open, yeah, I, I obviously you know, I've asked you. I gotta at least you know, give my my opinions on that. I was a a Christian youth to compare it to the Nazi youth. Mm. Um, looking back on it, my when I was a kid and when I was I. I think the autism kind of probably affects this as well, but because I always say I'm 10 years behind everybody else, all my peers. So if I get married, I'll be, it'll take 10 years for me to realize, oh, I got married. If I have a kid, oh, it took me 10 years to realize I had a kid. If I uh, die, it'll take me 10 years to realize that I'm dead. <laughs> um, joke aside. What it is basically is that during my teenage years, I still think I had the mentality of a child, um, especially and my identity certainly was tied to uh, being a Christian at that point. So very much a white bread slash trying to have that squeaky clean Jesus image of or at least, you know, trying to reflect the lifestyle of what Jesus um, was, was uh, speaking about. And honestly, nowadays, I kind of like it. Um, take the whole religious aspect and trying to spread the faith or spread the message of Christianity around uh, in that, you know, he's, you know, con confess your sins. It's actually not a bad lifestyle now that I think about it. Like, I actually really do enjoy it. Like, and it from a not, like, if you're thinking it from a non religious standpoint. Like, trying to forgive others and not always being so angry. Or at least mm -hmm. understanding when to be angry and when to not be. Um, that's maybe again. It's just because I've been trying to live that way the whole, my entire life. I kind of like it because I just I far be it for me to judge others how to live. I can't tell them that, but just personally how I want to live, I want to live that way. It's it seems nice. Um, does that mean I can't call injustices out? No, that is 
certainly not the case. It doesn't stop one from calling out injustices of the world. But it certainly st tells you to be at a standpoint that's a little more, not taking the moral high ground, but at least taking a step back. And considering that the way the Earth is going to be, or at least, you know, human politics are going to be at some point, um, <sighs> white people will not be around for a very long time, let's put it that way, if... Um, the highest populations of the world have anything to say about it, so like there'll be a lot of intermixing and one day the Caucasian genome or body type will disappear at some point, so. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. This is obviously going into a lot of other things, pardon me if I'm going there, but you see what I mean? Basically, I'm saying, oh, again, as I always joke about, but also I'm serious about, I am the most hated thing on the earth. Uh, that is a white male, or white male, excuse me, that's it, so. Really, I'd rather take a support role than, like, a direct role and take point. I think others deserve to have their voice be heard and be put in charge. Um, but I hope they make those right choices in that. And, and lead us in the right reasons. Because I certainly am not a leader, but as, as a teenager, I, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, be a Christian and be nice to people. And still want to, but I will not deny that I do struggle with that. You've certainly seen me all hearing me many times I, I falter and stumble with my words because i don't do all the research so and that's another thing is that was i umbrella kid yes and no um but it also just depended on the fact that i didn't have money uh to you know go and watch these movies that you watched my friend or you know have the cigarettes or have the liquor or have the drugs <laughs> i never had that stuff and all other religions and LGBT spectrum was was not, in, I'm not going to say in front of me, but was, I was aware of them. Um, and that whole, you know, what what Christians see the LGBT community is. Uh, and that was, a, that was a debate, but ultimately I always I don't want to say came around. At least, I yeah, i got to be careful how I say this, but you know, they are people. They they exist. They, they're di not different, but they have a different sexuality than mine and so i you know what they're they're with us and like i said far be it for me to judge somebody for who they decide to spend or have a relationship with or spend their life with well now i'm curious because uh and maybe i'll cut this if you want if you want but um oh of course but ask please because as someone who seems to you know not necessarily ride the line of just a straight sexual preference um you see at, at times at least you seem to uh you know be leaning more into the, the buy side of the line yes along with being asexual of course of course yes was that unusual for you is because because growing up as a christian you know the, my my parents perspective was you know against a lot of that stuff and as a bi person myself i just that was another factor of me being like okay you know my parents there's a lot of stuff that they just are wrong about that's just something that i had to accept early in life so I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't choose to be attracted to to guys as well. That was just something that came very early in my development. So hearing my peers around me saying it was a choice, I just knew that that was false. And so that was something that was never really, I just never, just, I never counted the religious belief of that being wrong in some way. I was, so I was just like, okay, well, that's just something weird that these religious people around me believe. How did you kind of? Uh, <laughs> navigate that well it was weird because my mother she watched Oprah 
and watched, you know, E.T. Entertainment Tonight, excuse me. And some of the, and these were very much in, talk, and, and I think she would watch Ellen as well. Not that, again, not that Ellen is the most absolute, like, portrayal <laughs> of a gay woman on television. But, like, she'd watch these very, like, whether those shows I just mentioned are all, like, liberal or not, I, I, I can't tell you. They probably are, but, like, but they contained these LGBT spectrum um personalities in them or at least they they, they did showcase uh, LGBT people and I remember one time she watched Oprah and it was the pregnant lady or the pregnant man excuse me the pregnant lady the pregnant mm. <laughs> that's always the, the pregnant man and my brain didn't find this odd like it it was it seemed weird but my brain never went like oh this is a aberration uh, this is abhorrent to nature. This is against it. This is unnatural. This isn't... It just made me go, okay, that's a thing. Maybe that's my autism non-filter and just accepting things as a matter of fact sometimes. But, like, I'm just like, okay, this... I could sort of see this. Um, even watching... And, and same with, like, TLC shows. Like, there was the Sister Wives thing. Beyond, like, you know, the... <laughs> the the idea of the of the show itself of polygamy... I just watched it. Not I, I didn't watch it religiously or anything like that, but like there if, if it was on I would like watch it if I had nothing else to watch. Um if it just grabbed my attention, I mean. And you know, it kinda I guess was making a case for yeah, polygamy's a, a good thing. See? We're 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 real people, we're 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 a thing. Um again, I'm not lauding any criticism at the show, I'm just telling you what my reaction was to it and mm-hmm. so you know, I, I, I got, at this moment, I can't really think of anything, but I just never, I don't know, I never once, uh, first of all, yeah, I never knew what the F word was, the derogatory term towards LGBTQ people. Um, mm. I never knew what that was. I don't even remember when I first encountered that. I know I never said that in like my, my grade four phase when I started swearing and then my best friend outed me out in front of my mother about it. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, good Christian right there. Um, but I I never came across the term. I don't think I've ever said that word. Um, maybe I have, but like not in a... But, but talking about the word, I mean, excuse me, to myself. I think I have, but never, again, calling it like a bundle of sticks, the original term of it. <laughs> or a cigarette if you're in the UK. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um but even then, yeah, I just like, yeah, I never said. So I never, yeah, I never encountered that. I will at least say this, that um, there was a there was a fellow at my school, uh, my grade 12 year, two years younger than me, who is gay. And he, I, him, I met him through a, uh, a mutual friend of mine, a very good close friend of mine. And who's, who's his friend, excuse me. And... Cause, cause you know he hung, hung he hung around him and I hung around uh, my good friend so obviously like we interacted and he I guess whether it was my quirks or something well first off the when we were introduced and he was like getting close I was like are you gay and I said that probably offensively but mm. as soon as he like basically was gay. Or not, but but it was confirmed. I was like, "Oh, I'm very sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that." Hmm. Um, 
But you could see that my initial reaction was like everybody else. I was like, oh my goodness, you're gay. Like, how, how dare you? But immediately I was just like... Because I never thought... You could almost say like I was using it as an insult, which is ignorant of me. But then... I'm not trying to say I was better than that, but like... Then I immediately apologized because it was, you know, he is gay and I'm... Yeah, I'm sorry I said that. That was ignorant of me um, to make fun of that fact. Um, whether that was my bluntness or just my, you know... I don't think it was the Christian to me because I never got that from my parents. I never got, you can't be gay. I never got that talk. I don't, you know, I don't remember what my talks were about that, but I did apologize to him and yeah we at least we were on very good speaking terms and i will say this i know he's not listening i don't think he's listening if he is like okay uh <laughs> write us in sorry <laughs> write us in uh don't yeah, yeah. sorry if i'm taking this like as a matter of fact but there was a, there was a moment one time i don't remember all the details i won't like go into it because it would just be a confusing mess let's just say that him and i were at a bus stop and he confessed himself to actually deeply liking me. Oh, interesting. In that, like, just, yeah, he confessed that he did have feelings for me beyond just this friendship that we had built. And I'm not saying we saw each other every day or anything like that, but every time we saw each other, he would always... But he certainly wanted to keep talking, and I always would give him my... Uh, not also, but I would always, again, be friendly to him because I always want to be friendly to everybody. And, well, I didn't kiss him on the lips, but I certainly allowed him to kiss me on the cheek. Hmm. Uh, and I, just to, you know, help him out. I didn't, I would have kissed him on the lips had it happened, but. Now, that would that be me leading him down the wrong way? I don't know. And that it was all an act? I didn't think of it as an act, but it was more, I want you to feel happy. And so if that means that you have to kiss me, well, I have no problem with that. And I did eventually tell him that, yeah, I was, uh, I didn't have the same feelings in that way for him, uh, romantic-wise, excuse me. Very sad, but he certainly, and he's, I, th I believe he did find a, another person, but yeah, it was, that was, that was, that was my interaction heavily with the, uh, interaction with a, a person of the LGBT spectrum. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting story. I don't know if that answers your question, your original question of, like, what it was like for me. But I don't know, I just, I never thought of them as, I say them, sorry. <laughs> They're not the other, but, like, I did not think of people as it being unnatural. I was confusing, I'll say that, with, with my what my religion was telling me, what my faith was telling me that they're against what God's plan is. And then I have them as real people, and I'm like, this is very confusing to me. <laughs> I still think it is. <laughs> um, there'll, there'll never be an answer, I'll say that. Yeah, no. Yeah, probably never not. Or never not. That's, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> probably never, no. Um, but I will say, uh, I, I don't think I ever really met any of my peers, at least, who were who were men who were um, interested in other guys. I knew a bunch of girls, but I never encountered any guys who felt that way, so that was always kind of a kind of a stagnating point for me. Because I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in guys, but I've never, I mean, maybe 
I was just surrounded by religious people who were maybe didn't feel like they were they could be open about that stuff they felt that way but but at least in my household it came up often and and during my teenage years my dad was always hounding me like are you gay like it doesn't seem like you're interested in girls and I was always just like this is weird like why are you hounding me on this he didn't stop until I like had my first girlfriend that never came up again but it was definitely an awkward point through my teenage years that that would constantly come up as like an accusatory thing very strange but (laughs) yeah no that's fair to all those who are listening who are very much i guess it is isn't it pride month no it's next month i guess it is okay it's weird because sometimes it's isn't it pride month in the united states but up here it's i thought it's you i don't know i thought it was i think that's right yeah i think that's right because i know our our gay pride parade is next month Actually, is this the first year it's going to happen, the restart? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Mm. To all those who are on the spectrum, the LGBT spectrum, excuse me, uh, you're not you're not the other. You are like any other person. You're Every person is unique. Is every person a snowflake? Yes, but not <laughs> in like, you know, oh, treat me as special. It's like one day, well, this will probably cross come across as wrong and inconsiderate and ignorant again hopefully one day it'll become like being gay won't matter and it will hear me out it'll not matter and it's just a thing i think that probably has come nowadays but hopefully there won't there won't be any uh, not dogma there won't be any um what's the word stigma that's what it is there won't be any stigma for 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 showing your true feelings on another person for those who are doing it for love and not harming another person i mean to those harming other people in relationships like that how dare you that's a breach of trust when it comes to your partner but that's that's yeah. that's that's the time that's the only time i will draw the line of if one person is not giving consent well then that's where my foot comes down <laughs> yeah and i'll say it's it's. I think a lot of people like to think that we're past the word at, at a time where, like, yeah, it's not like a where people say they're gay and it's not really a big issue or anything like that, or people don't really care. But at least maybe in the West it's loosening, but around the world, still pretty, still pretty dark times for for LGBT folks. So, a lot of a lot of room to improve. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not over. It's it never will be over. I mean, it's the same thing with ethnicities. Just for some reason here in the West, um, in America and Canada, there's still a bu- there's still pushback to that for some odd reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the way we're uh, prop- propagating it. Uh, we're, we're, uh, showing it, I I don't know. I maybe I'm not the one to answer that because again, <laughs> the most hated person on the planet right now. Well, <laughs> but I can at least hopefully. That we can achieve something where quirks become normalized, and that's okay. Well, they become normal, but that's that's a whole uh, that's yeah. a whole other like kind of worms of like what is normal. Yeah, just having differences isn't something that's that people act with revulsion to. That's I think that's perfect. You put it perfectly. Oh, but so don't don't ever like stop exploring your personality your inner self that's kind of what i meant to say earlier i have to really go into it a little deeper in that 
You are an ever-evolving being who always takes in new experiences and sensations each day. Even if you don't realize it. Especially if you interact with different people. Um, I am not saying that you have to absolutely just stick, as, stick to one thing, nor am I saying that you always need to be um, changing every second, every second, excuse me. <laughs> um, discovering who you are is a lifelong journey. There are some, obviously, that who figure it out pretty quickly, and there are still some who are trying to figure it out uh, at the age of 88. So, you're, you're, yes, your brain, brain stops developing at 25, allegedly. <laughs> yes, uh, around 25, excuse me. So, that does not mean that you are... What I, what I initially meant was that, as a teenager, you discover things about yourself, and then... Because, you know, there's plenty of individuals who... Uh, had relationships with the opposite sex, binary opposites, excuse me, and then realized that, you know, years later, that it wasn't a, that, that it just wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was for really the same sex uh, or whatever. So that's kind of what I meant is that, you know, always, always keep discovering stuff about yourself and be honest with yourself about who you are. Um, I'm not saying you have to prove anything to anybody else, but just, yeah, I'll, I'll leave you with this and that just don't, don't, don't stop discovering and always, always move forward with the fact that you are your own person. Yeah. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. I mean, that was the biggest thing I had to learn. It's my teenage years. There was a lot of resentment towards myself. So yeah. And just know that if you aren't here, well, you can't experience any of that. Of course, of course, I, I got to be aware that people are in really dire situations. So it does sound ignorant for me to make a, you know, a, 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 a comic books inspired speech <laughs> um, to those listening who may not be in a very good situation. So, yeah, it's 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 difficult. It's for those less fortunate than I am, so I, I appreciate all that I have and I should strive to at least better those who don't have it and get them out of the dumps. So hopefully this is my way of saying like you matter and just keep breathing. Just There you go. You know, it it's now I'm going into like, you know, me mental stuff of like if you do suffer from depression or anxiety. And I don't have the answers, alright? Nor with, you know, understanding, discovering your sexuality or gender. I just, from my experience with that stuff, just find another way. There's, there's more than just, understand that while we are, you're one in 7.8 billion people, that does not mean that your interests and what you like don't matter. Yeah, and, and and watch some Avatar if you want to. Uh, if you're feeling down to cheer you up, pop on some Avatar: Last Airbender and yeah. get lost in that beautiful world. So <laughs> nothing wrong with escapism every now and then because I love escapism. Obviously, there's yep. mediation. Don't don't become too involved in it. You can't function as a normal being. It's all about mediation, and moderation. Find that good balance. <sighs> really hope I didn't drop the ball on that one. <laughs> No, no, I don't think so. That's gonna, all that's gonna come to bite me in the bud, one of these, one of these years later. Oh, but yeah, I looked it up, and Pride Month is this month, so maybe I should try to drop this at some point. <laughs> yeah, Happy Pride Month, everybody. 
There you go. Go out there and be exactly who you are. Absolutely. Yep. The the swamp thing endorses uh, whoever you are. There you the go. Thing is, yeah, <laughs> plants are. <laughs> if you want to know what plants are like, plants are very. Well, I don't know actually. Are they very much into cross contaminate, cross contaminate, but cross pollination with themselves? Yeah. Let's not forget. Uh, yeah, the swamp thing. When he first turned, he didn't didn't understand himself, and he had to come to terms with who he was. Now, it all worked out for him, and he became a hero. Did so. they ever go into that? By the way, I just I just realized did they ever go into that with any. I gotta read runs, obviously, but I wonder if anybody ever talked about that with him. And because I know he had his, well, Al Collins wife. Because there's that whole thing of like Swamp Thing's not really Al Collins, but the essence of Al <laughs> Collins lives in him. It's weird, mm-hmm. but he but he had a wife, and so he, Swamp Thing is still attracted to her because of you know Alex memories, Alex memories within him. Um, so, but I I do wonder if they ever bring up you know plant life and how it's uh, what what similarity or if if there's ever talks of like oh is he very open about his sexuality not open but like open in like a sexuality way of like he'll you know have a have sex with anything or because plants don't often cross pollinate does is he very like strict and it's only binary I never thought of that. Well, tune in, tune in in a couple years from now when we go through all the Alan Moore uh, swamp things. So, <laughs> you have the answer. It lies in that. Happy reading, everybody. Yeah, there we go. Maybe we'll end it there. But I would love to read that stuff at some point. I've only read the. Do you think it actually does exist like that, or or no? Um, I don't know, because Swamp Thing popped up quite a bit in the Constantine stuff that I've read. That's what I was exactly thinking. That's why I was kind of asking you since you read Constantine. Yeah, and, and in that stuff, I, I think it was his wife, whoever the white-haired lady was. <laughs> she was, yeah, every time he'd appear, he'd be paired up with that chick, and she'd always be kind of like, like, oh, like, I wish, like, I wish I could connect to the human who, who he is, but he also frightens me. He's like this monster, but I'm still in love with him. And John was always kind of like, he's always like, ah, oh, you're a weird chick, like, whatever, you guys are weird, like, I'm kind of hanging out with you, but I don't understand either one of you. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's hard to say because I'd always get John's kind of um, sarcastic and passive kind of personality with them. It was always intriguing. It always really made me want to read those comics whenever they pop up. Yeah. Super uh, interesting. But, but anyway, I think I'm going to run to the washroom and then we can uh, get this started. Yeah, of course. Let's get these episodes started. Mm-hmm.